Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. That was shared abroad through the Holy Ghost in your heart. So we supposed to be representatives of what he already done. Amen. So grace did everything. Didn't leave anything out. Grace did it all. And that's why we have to accept grace by faith. That's what appropriates the grace that God has given us. It's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor that we didn't have to work for. Do, do we really realize this? That he died for murderers. He died for fornicators, for adulterers, for every sin that you can even name or even the sins that you can't even name. He died for them all. He paid the price. So this is how we're supposed to be living today according to what he has done. So, Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise on today. We thank you, God, for bringing us together again in fellowship. We thank you, Father God, for allowing us, Father God, to hear, to talk, to walk, to see. We thank you for the breath that's in our body. We thank you for the breath of life, God. We thank you, God, that we have all of our limbs. God, we thank you, God, for being everything to us, God, outside of us. And we just thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Do what you need to do, Holy Spirit. Be our comforter. Lead us and guide us into all truth. And Father, I thank you that I have, we have all been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who live in us on today. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise through this word on today. And I speak to every demonic force that has come in to hinder, that has come in to oppress, that has come in to harass, That has come in here to bring mind-boggling spirits. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you right now in Jesus' name. And I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Now I thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus. That's right here, right now, covering us, protecting us, delivering us, healing us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to the book of Colossians, the first chapter. And we want to hear what God has to say unto us on today. I pray that our hearts are already open. Our hearts are already ready to receive what God has to say. Colossians, the first chapter. And I'm going to read verse 13. And when we get there, let us say, Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God now reads. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, 
Another translation read the Amplified Bible. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. You may be seated. I want to talk about today staying focused on Jesus. Staying focused on Jesus. When we stay focused on Jesus, we stay in focus on the word, right? Because he is the word. So I want to use this verse of scripture and do a little illustration for you to show you to, to open it up more. Brother Willie, can you come stand right here, please? Yes, Brother Willie. Come on down, Willie. Amen. He's coming. He's a coming. Willie, I want you to stand over here on this side. And thank you so much for your participation. Go over there on that far side right there. Yeah. And then face the congregation. Okay. The Bible says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness. So we know when we're delivered from, from something, that means we're no longer in that place, right? And then it says, and have translated, that means transferred us unto the kingdom of his dear son. Okay. Willie was once over here up under the dominion and the power of darkness, right? But when he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, God transferred him. Willie, come over here on this side to the kingdom. This is his status right now. Not over here. This represent the kingdom of Satan. This represent the kingdom of God. God took him and transferred him. He transferred him from one place to another. That means that this is not his place anymore. Let me say it again. This was a place of darkness. This was a place of sin. This was a place of sickness. This was a place that sin represent. This is the kingdom of darkness. This where Willie once was, okay? But the Bible said that God had already translated us. I want y'all to catch this. Before I even accepted him, God had already done something. Y'all get it? God had already transferred. He had already put us in a place of position before we even accepted him. But now that we have accepted him... We're no longer in the place of darkness no more. God translated us into the kingdom of light. He transferred us there. That's where he want us to stay. Catch it. Catch it. We're no longer over here. We're over here in the kingdom of what? Light. We're in God's kingdom now. We're no longer in the kingdom of darkness. So everything darkness represents is not about us no more. Because we have been what? Transferred. We have been translated into another what? Kingdom. So this is Willie's position now in the kingdom of God. Willie don't focus no more on this kingdom over here. Because the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. All things. Have passed, that's your past. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Not one thing. 
all things have become new. Everything in the kingdom of God is already in me. So I have everything that's in that kingdom. Everything that's in that kingdom belongs to me. But as long as I focus on where I used to be, even though I have everything, I'm not going to be able to manifest because I'm over here in darkness, but I've been translated unto the light of the kingdom of God. So as long as Willie stay over here, he's not going to be a representative of what's here. Not only Willie, this is an example. Your thinking got to change. Thank you, Willie. If your thinking does not change, if you don't go into the word of God, this is why Paul said, let's go back over it. Go to, y'all know where I'm going. Go to Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. He's saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the church. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy, y'all hear that? By the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So the first thing we have to do is present our bodies as a what? Living sacrifice. That means holy and acceptable unto God. How am I going to do that? I'm going to do it by not being conformed to where I used to be. So the kingdom of darkness represent what? The world. So I'm going to do this by not being conformed, by not being patterned, by not being shaped, molded into the things of the world. So he said that be ye, be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transform, change. This is where the change starts at. In order for me to know about this kingdom, there have to be a transformation, not in my spirit. Because my spirit is what was made new. My spirit has everything that it need. But the transformation, the change comes through the renewing of that soulish area. That mind, that will, and that emotion. When I do that, guess what the word of God says? It said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. You will never be able to know about this new life that you have in Christ or your new identity until you look into the mirror. Go with me to James. The word always have something for us, right? But I think the problem with the church, the majority of the church, the church does not want to be what? Taught. The church want to be stirred up, running around everywhere like a chicken with his head cut off or falling out, getting that feeling like James Brown. But until you get taught, you ain't going to be able to keep nothing. James 1, let's look at... Verse 24, verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forget what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect 
law of liberty and continue therein he being not a forgetful here but a doer of the work this man shall be blessed in his deeds when you go into the word of god and you stay in there continually this is the problem with the church we may hit and miss it we may go in there monday and, and get a good feeling and may not show up until the following monday or when we feel like it that ain't continually In order to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, you got to continually be in the word of God so you will be able to stand and doing all to stand and doing all to stand. It takes the renewing of your mind. It does not take hitting and missing and think you're going to receive what you got. And this is the problem. We, some of us, We don't go into the word until something happens in our lives. When you're feeling good, why you need to go in there? When you got money, why you need to go in there? When your children is okay, your husband, your wife is okay, your dogs, your cats okay, your cars, your house okay, your job okay. Why you need to go in there? Everything's okay. Everything's good. Why I need to go in there? That's when you need to go in there. Don't wait till something happened to go try to find a scripture and get mad at God because you feel like God ain't moving when you want him to move. God has already moved. God has already done what he need to do. Our problem is we're trying to get God to do something that God's already done. He said, I done done the part that you couldn't do. I transferred you. I delivered you. From the power of darkness and I transferred you into the kingdom of my son. Now I want you to learn how to live according to this kingdom and not that one. And the problem with the church is we're living according to darkness instead of living according to light. That's because we're not looking into the perfect law of liberty continually to see and know what it's saying unto us. And until you get some revelation, some insight, until you are quickened, made alive through this word, you're going to be walking in darkness when you have light. Oh, it's so quiet in here. I like it when it's quiet. That means you're listening. So he did something for us, y'all. He put us in a place really of safety. He put us in a place of freedom. He put us in a place of healing. He put us in a place of deliverance. He put us in a place that we couldn't put ourselves in. We trusted him. We accepted what he done. And that's why we're in that place. He already made a place for us even before we deserved the place. He already made a place because the Bible says he commended. He proved his love for us. Even while we were yet sinners, that means we were doing our thing. He loved us so much. He laid down his life for us, even when we were doing things that were not acceptable to him. That's what he did for us. He said, I already done prepared a place for you. I already done made a place ready for you. The place is just waiting on you. Who does that? Who does that? Knowing that you're still in your mess. 
He said, but I got to send someone. I got to send someone to let you know what I already done. Not based on what you do or what you could do or when you do it. It's based on accepting what I already done through my son. Y'all get it? My son died for you. He who knew no sin became sin for us. So we could become the righteousness of God. What? Through him. We can do nothing except through him and by him. That's why the Bible say in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. It's all about him. So our focus need to be on him. It need to be on what he's done, not going to do. Quit put going to do. He's already done it. He want us to step into what he's already done. And the more you renew your mind to what he's already done, you can live a renewed life, a new life according to him and not according to you. Because even when you mess up, it does not stop God from doing what he's already done. It's already written. He can't take it back. You just got to line up and come out of a place you don't supposed to be in. Because it's waiting for you. Everything you need, God has already provided it, y'all. We out here working for something that God has already provided for us. He said, step into what you already have. Quit trying to look to get it. Know that you already have it. We're looking for something that God said we already... Teresa, come here for a second. Come here. We're looking for something... That God say we already have. Teresa, stand right here in the middle. I'm going to give you another illustration. Teresa have accepted Jesus, face the congregation, have accepted Jesus as a Lord and as her Savior. She's coming into the kingdom of light. She's out of the kingdom of darkness. So one day, Teresa began to read her word. And as she read the word, she began to understand, God, you have already blessed me. With all spiritual blessings that are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So as Teresa meditate on that verse, she said, you have already blessed me. You have already blessed me. You have already blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So she keep meditating on it. She keep meditating on it. She keep meditating on it. She said all spiritual blessings. That means healing is mine. That means deliverance is mine. That means prosperity is mine. Joy is mine. Peace is mine. Everything that I need is already mine. So Teresa, God is saying step into what's already yours. So now that she stepped into it, guess what? The manifestation. See, once you get it in you, you can, it can be lived through you. See, that's the life of God coming through her because she said, I'm stepping into. Toya, come up here, please. Turn and face the congregation. Now God has given Toya everything she needs to live this life here that's on earth. 
And sometimes we get into things that we feel like, I can't do this. This ain't working for me. But when Toya opened the word of God and she began to renew her mind according to what God has said unto her, when the job seemed like it's getting so difficult, it seemed like she just ain't going to make it. It just seemed like, God, I don't know what to do. So she said, God, you said in your word, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. So she started meditating on, I can do all things through Christ, not through me, but through Christ who strengthens me. So Toya, as you begin to step into what you meditating on, come on, step into it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The more she meditate on it, the more she's going to step out into it. There you go. See, God just wants you to step out. And Renee, come here, baby. Renee. Face the congregation. Renee is reading in her word. And the word says, I sent my word. And I have healed you. And I have delivered you from all of your destruction. That means every sickness, every disease that have come to attack your body. I have delivered you. You got to step into it. Now, Gina, come on. You need to step into that, baby. Face the congregation. God has said, by Jesus Christ, you were already healed. Not waiting to get healed, but you were already the healed. So step into your healing in Jesus' name. I am the Lord that healeth thee. We got to step into what he's already given. You ain't waiting to get nothing. You step it into what you already have. The wait is over. Glory, I need that. The wait is over. Thea, I need that. The wait is over. God said it's time for the church. <laughs> Melanie, come here. It's time for the church to realize what we got. This is what God is saying to you, baby. The Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not lack. I shall not want in any area. The Lord is your shepherd. Come on, step into who God is to you. He is your provider. There you go. Come on, we got to step into what God has already done. Quit waiting on God to do it. Renew your mind according to what he's already done and step into it. We're waiting on him. But God said, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you to step into what you already have. I have delivered you out of the power of darkness. That's not where you are no more. I have transferred you into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of my dear son. Why are you over here and you're supposed to be over here? The reason why you're still over here is because of unrenewed mind. You don't know who you are. So you're staying in the world trying to get what the world has and he has blessed. 
with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You are hidden in Christ. He don't see you. He see Christ. Quit popping your head up like you got to do something. Know that you're in Christ. And everything he has, you have. You are heir of God. You are joint heir of what? Jesus Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. We are joined unto him. We are one with him. So we got to remind ourselves. If my brother have it, I got it. And my brother don't have disease. (laughs) My brother don't have worry. He's about peace. (laughs) Jennifer Porter. Stand right there. Stand right there. Sister Nee said she ain't done. She ain't through baking. So we're going to leave her there. (laughs) Jennifer, this is what the Lord is saying to you today, baby. Be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. So Jennifer has been meditating on that verse. Be anxious. Be careful for nothing, Jennifer. Be anxious. Be careful for nothing, Jennifer. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known unto me, Jennifer. So Jennifer, she's not being anxious. She's going to God in prayer. She's telling God, God, this is what you said. So once Jennifer get that part of that verse, all of a sudden, then the peace of God. That passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. He said, the peace that I give unto you, Jennifer, is not like the world giveth unto you. So quit focusing on over there and I want you to stay over here no matter what it looked like over there. He said, I have given you peace. So he's saying, peace, be still. So peace, when he say peace, be still, there's a stillness. So that's the verse you got to be more focused on. God say, when you're anxious, you can't feel my peace. You don't even know my peace is around you because you're everywhere. He says, so when you focus on, be anxious for nothing. Jennifer, be anxious for nothing. I want you to see him right there in front of you saying, Jennifer. Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication. Make your request made known unto me, Jennifer. And don't you know when you cast all those cares and all those worries upon me, it's because I care for you. I'm concerned about you. Don't you know when I, when you commit your work unto the Lord, then your thoughts shall be established, Jennifer? He said, that's when you're going to have the peace of God that passes all understanding that's going to guard your heart and your mind through me. He said, you got, the, you got a boulder, baby. He said, roll that boulder over to me. Let me have it. It's not yours. He said that was over there. He said you over here. Why are you bringing over there over here? It don't work in my kingdom. That's darkness. I'm about light. He said you got to know you got to be the light that shines in the midst 
of the darkness that come. So he said, peace, be still. That's where you got to be with the peace. But guess what, y'all? This one right here, God got to keep marinating. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why Jennifer's a good example. When you carry a load, Jennifer, you know, it's a camel that carries the load. But the camel has to bow down for it to roll off. Sometimes we can be so much on what we got to do, we can't see what God's already done. Marinate on it, Jennifer. Marinate on it, Jennifer. Okay. Thank you, Jennifer. Now, Sister Denise, face the congregation. I'm going to allow you, God is going to allow you to take what already belonged to you. I'm God and not man that I shall lie. Neither the son of man that I shall repent. Have I not said it about your mom? And shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it about your mom? And shall I not make it good? He said, so who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe man? Or are you going to believe me? I'm God and not man that I should lie. Neither the son of man that I should repent. Have I not said it, Denise? Shall I not do it, Denise? Have I not spoken it, Denise? Shall I not make it good? Can you step into what I said? God said, seasons. God wants you to step into it. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel seasons everywhere. And I Sings in the air, those seeds that you sow, you're gonna come into your own seeds, walk into your seed. Oh, I feel them. Seasons everywhere. Come on, kids. That I feel the blessings in the air. Those seeds that stand behind It's time to come into your own. It's time for you to walk into your seed. Walk into your walk seed. Into God said, a good man's steps are ordered of the Lord. So you got to trust God in everything that you do. 
When so the Lord is saying, trust in me with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways, and I shall surely direct your path. Come on, can you step into that, Tiffany? Can you trust him with all your heart? Can you acknowledge him in all your ways? Leaning not to your own understanding. When you do this, guess what? You can walk into your season. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Glory, God. Are you ready to step? Are you ready to step into it? Are you ready to trust in him with all your heart? Are you ready not to lean upon your own understanding? Are you ready to acknowledge him in all your ways so he can direct your path? Come on, let that, let that sink deep. Come on, you're going to trust him. That means you're going to lean and depend on him outside of what's going on in your life. You're saying, God, I trust you. I'm leaning, I'm depending on you, God. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Come on, you survived the worst of times. Glory. Come on, it's a moment here that survived the worst of times. Come on, God didn't leave you. He didn't forsake you. Come on, he was there with you. Come on and give him glory. Hallelujah. Come on, it's your time. The wait is over.
Glory God. Glory God. Glory. Hallelujah. The wait is over. Hallelujah. He's already done it. You just got to believe what he's done. Hallelujah. Glory God. Glory God. Glory God. Glory God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory God. Glory God. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We give God glory. Hallelujah. For what he's already done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all, it's a step of faith. The Bible said now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. What that mean is I don't have to see it to believe that God's already done it. I have the title deed in my hand. I have the promises of God that says what he's already done. So I'm holding on to that title deed. That's what's helping me to hope. That's what's helping me to believe that God has already done what he said. So our problem is we waiting to see something naturally. You got to see spiritually. You got to see what you already have and you got to walk in it. You don't wait for pain to leave your body to say you heal. You were healed before the pain hit your body. He made provision for everything. He died for everything. And when we know these things, we can live in what we know. We got to know what he's already, it's already done. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. Just like if you have a title to your car, snatch man can't take it. He come to your house and you say, no, this is mine. This belonged to me. You can't take this from me. You're going to use your authority and say, don't touch that. That's mine. Here's the title deed. This is showing it belongs to me. Get off my property. And even if he bring the sheriff back, you're going to say title deed. What are you doing here? Get off my property. This belongs to me. They try to take you to court to accuse you. Guess what? This is my title deed. I've been bought with the price. It's already been paid for. What are you doing on my property? That's your authority. 
That's your right to say you don't belong here. Let's do this verse again. We want to make sure we got it. And by having it, we're going to live it. Because if you say you got something and you ain't living it, you don't have it. That's just like telling somebody I got $5 and they say, well, can you give me $5? Well, I don't have it. You said you had it. So we got to live what we have. If you can't live what you have, it's like you don't have it. We got to live according to who we are, according to our new identity, not according to that old identity. We have a new nature on the inside of us. That old nature is dead. It's crucified. It died with Christ. But we rose in a new life with Christ. So he wants us to live this new life according to him and not according to us. So the Bible says, go back to Colossians. God ain't through yet. It might be another round. Ain't through yet. Because once you grab hold to it, let me tell you what happened. God's words, their spirit and their life. So once you grab hold to the life, the spirit produces the power for it to manifest to your body. So that's why you have to keep going back over the word, over the word. He said, who have delivered us? From the power of darkness and have translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. So we've been delivered from something and we've been translated, transferred into something. So we don't go back to the darkness. We stay in the light, which represents God's kingdom, right? We have a new what? Identity now that we're in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in who? He is a what? He's a what? All things, all things, all things, all things, all things. Behold, all things have become what? New. That's old. You in the new. There is the old covenant. New covenant have better what? That's old. This is new. It gives us life. And we want to live that Zoe life. That life that Jesus obtained for us. He said the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come. I have come that you may have what? And have it what? That's a Zoe life. So if he come to give us Zoe, we accept Zoe. Now we have it. Now he want us to give Zoe out. He want us to give the new life out. But if we're not in the word, how can we give out what we don't know? We supposed to be givers of this life. And with this life, guess what? When we know we have the life of Christ in us, guess what? It brings light. In the midst of a dark world. So when we step out there with this new life and we begin to talk about what this life is, that light that's in us that's coming from that life is going to overcome the. D- Do you get it? But how can you be in darkness and think you're going to overcome something? 
want to keep you in a dark place. A dark place is depression. A dark place is oppression. A dark place is worry. A dark place is sickness. A dark place is not having joy and peace. He wants you to come over here where there is life. And the life is in you. And the life brought the light unto man. And guess what? The darkness could not overcome it. Some of us are in dark places. And know why? I ain't even through. You know why we're in a dark place? I'm going right back to where we've been. Go with me to Proverbs 4, verse 20 through verse 22. Y'all, the word is good. And the word would always give you what you want if you stay in it. You got to stay in it to get it. He said, my son, attend to my words. This is why some of us are in a dark place. Because we're not attending. We're not paying attention to his words. And when you pay attention to his words and attend to his words, you incline in your ear. You're leaning in to listen. That's what paying attention means. That means, shh, hush. Have y'all ever watched what you thought was a good television show? It was in a lot of suspense and all that. And you into it and you like this right here, waiting. And your husband all of a sudden want to talk. Hush! I ain't the only one, right? You watching a good movie and all of a sudden everything is so quiet. And he want to turn over in the bed and you hear all the... Why you had to move? Because see, that movie had my... Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm breaking it down. That movie had so much of your attention, you were waiting to hear. What was going to happen next? The word supposed to have more attention than that. Why? Because it's life in that word. So this is why God said, my son, we're sons, right? Pay attention to my words. Pay attention to my words. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my words. I want you to listen so closely to my word that you don't miss it. I want you to tune everything out. I want you to cast down every imagination. Every high thing that's exalting itself against my word. Cast it down. The enemy don't want you to hear what I have to say. Pay attention to my word. Some of us will spend about 20, 30 minutes casting down stuff. So we can pay attention. Why? If you're spending that long, that's where you've been. If you're spending that long casting down, that's where your thoughts been. It's a stronghold somewhere. If every time you hit the word, things keep popping up in the same area. Your weakness is the area that torments you the most. That's your weakness and the enemy know it. The thoughts that torment you the most is your weakness and that's what you need to jump on quick, fast, and in a hurry. If you having thoughts of sickness all the time, then that's where you're being tormented at. If that's what come before you all the time, being sick, catching something, 
having what my mom and daddy had or something in my body. Oh, Lord, I got to go get it checked out. It might be cancer. Come on, that's your weakness. If you having thoughts all the time of I'll never be nothing, I'll never have nothing, I'm broke all the time, that's your weakness. Catch the thought that's tormenting you the most. Some of you ain't bothered by money, but you're bothered by your health. Some of you ain't bothered by your health, but you're bothered by your money. Come on, catch those thoughts. Begin to cast them down. When you cast them down, you got to replace them with the word. You can't just cast them down and just think they're down. No, you don't. You got to uproot it with the word. The word says, do you hear me? I remember when I was going through depression and I wouldn't even drive by myself because the enemy had me in so much fear. And I remember I made up my mind. I said, you're not going to hold me here. So I was going to Wilmington one day and I'm going to tell you what I did to get my mind right. I said, come on in, Jesus, sit right there, put on the seatbelt. I'm talking about staying focused on Jesus. I said, come on, Jesus, put on your seatbelt. We're going down here to Wilmington. I got to pick up a few things. How you doing today? I talked to Jesus all the way from Wilmington and didn't he realize I got back. Why? Because my focus was on him. I stayed so focused on him because he was right there with me. I talked all the way there, talked all the way back, and I was giving God glory because I said I made it through. Why? Because I stayed focused on him. I put him over there on the passenger side, and I said, come on, Jesus, we're going to Wilmington. And everything I did, I said, I can't do it without you, Jesus. Until I can get in the word the way I need to be, I talk to him. I had to recognize he was there. Why? The scripture said, I'll never leave you, Amanda. Nor shall I forsake you. I will be with you until the end. I remember he had to talk with me from the time I got out the bed to the time I went to bed for 30 whole days. That's all I heard all the time was him to keep my mind where it needed to be. He had to reassure me that he was there with me. Do anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, do any, can anybody relate to me today to know that you need the word? You need him in your life to stay in your right mind. Because I knew I had the mind of Christ, but I couldn't tap into it. Because everything was hitting me left and right. It was hitting. But when I began to get into the word... Oh, y'all, it was smooth sailing then. Did things come? Yes, they did come. But I had to know how to counteract those things with what I had. And I had something, y'all, that was so powerful. I had something, that y'all, which I realized was the power of God in me that raised the dead. I said, I have that same power that's in me that rose Jesus from the dead. And why am I acting like I don't have nothing? So I rose up and I said, greater is he that's in me than what's trying to attack me. Come on, it's time for us to rise up. We got to know what we have. That's the only way we're going to make it. Money can't save you, y'all. He's already saved us. He's already, it takes money. But we don't make money out of God. 
the world could not do what Jesus done, y'all. It could not do it. So we got to focus. And that's what the Lord was telling me. He said we lose focus. And how we lose focus is we put our mind on things of the earth. Instead of putting our mind on things above. That's in the book of Galatians 2, the third chapter. Set your affections, your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Things on this earth will pass away. We're waiting on the earth. We're waiting on man to fix something that God has already fixed. We just got to tap into what God has already done. Y'all, I was watching this movie. It was so funny. They were expecting this man to help them. And at first, the man was not going to help them. But then the man turned around and said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with this because your grandmother, she do this every year. I'm going to help you with this. So the man had a scratch-off ticket. When the man scratched off the ticket and won the lottery, he ended up cutting the food and, and fussing all of them out and leaving. So the next lady had to take over. When he gave them a free pass, guess what she did? She wasn't giving them a free pass. So see, they had to go on something, someone else, They had a free pass. Didn't Jesus give us a free pass? He gave us a free pass to get everything that we want from the Father through him. But the devil want to come in and try to take what God has given us. He cannot take it, not lest we give it to him. Because we've been translated. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. That don't have dominion over us no more. So why are we bowing down to the devil and say, that devil. Here he go again. No, we need to say, devil, here I go again. But we're giving him glory. That's what he want. He's laughing at us because he's saying, they accuse other brother coming to the father. They don't even know what they got. I can keep messing with them and keep messing with them because they don't even know what they got. Because they're too focused on their money. They're too focused on their children. They're too focused on their job. They're too focused on the things of the world. And you telling me that they accepted Jesus and they accepted everything that he had through you? They're too focused on this material stuff. They're too focused on these gas prices. They're too focused because even before they go to the gas tank, I done put a thought in their head through watching TV that gas is going to continually go up. So they out there speaking on gas prices. They're too focused. When you focus on me, no matter what goes up, no matter what goes down, the Lord is my. Stay in focus on Jesus. Y'all don't get me wrong. Things will come. Things will come to knock you off your feet. Things will come to deter you. To keep you from believing what God said. This is why God gave me the sermon. When you let go of it. It will let go of you. But as long as you hold on to it. You keep babysitting it. But when you let go of it. It's going to let go of you. Because you say look. I don't need you no more. 
Just get away from me. You ain't nothing but about darkness. I'm about light. Get out of my house. You're not welcome. What did I say? Now he's going to pop his head up. He's going to make you think that he's devil. You a liar. And the truth thing in you. This is what God said. I'm not trying to get it. Already got it. It's already mine. Come on. Thoughts will have you in a place, y'all, that it will have you thinking something is that ain't. The enemy wants you to think this is happening and it ain't happening. The reason why he wants you to think it, go with me to Job. Not Job. Job. Job, the first chapter. Some of y'all may recognize Job. But it's Job. The first chapter, verse 5, says this. And when it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, who's saying this? It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Job didn't know what was going on at these birthday parties. Job wasn't there. So Job said, just in case my churn messed up, let me go ahead and offer some sacrifice for them. He kept doing this continually. Why? Because that thought kept popping up. I'm going to throw a little extra up there this time. Because I'm seeing some stuff go on that shouldn't go on. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So the more Job thought thought about it, the more real it became. That's when Satan went to accuse. He come before the father. Have you considered my servant? God already knew. Job had fear. He said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. Why? Because he kept focused on that thing. He didn't focus on him being righteous. Okay. He focused on his children. He was so righteous, so blameless that he was making sure everything around him was blameless. Y'all, I love my son. I love my daughter. I love my grandkids. But if I'm giving them what's needed and they choose not to live it, it ain't my fault. I gave it to them. That's their life to live, not mine. So if they choose to live in a way that they were not raised, they're, hey, I just have to lift them up in prayer and say, God, you know, you know more about them than I know. Only thing I'm obligated to do is give them truth. That's it. So the things that we focus on is what happens to us. This is why y'all, when something go on in our bodies and we focus on that so much, it becomes a part of us. But when it leaves, we miss it. We'll say, dad. I ain't had that pain in a week. Soon as you say that, it jumps back in your body. You ain't let go of it. You searching for it. You looking for that pain. Well, dag on it. Let me see. <laughs> Knocking on it. And then, then you're scared to tell people you're free from it because you're scared it's going to come back. Because it's been attached for so long. Your body done got used to that. So that's what your body is used to do. And y'all, come on, it's in your thinking. It's how you think. It's how you think. Whatever you think about is what you become. Remember I told y'all that I injured my arm skating? 
And when I injured my arm, it it was swollen. I couldn't even lift it, couldn't do nothing with that arm. But I said, God, I'm going to trust you. And Jeremy don't even remember this, but I remember him coming in my bedroom and he looked at my arm. He said, Mama, you need to go to the emergency room. I said, get out of here, boy. I was already in pain, wasn't taking nothing for the pain, but the word had to preach the next day. And I said, God, you said. And if you said it, you got to do what you said and it's already mine. He said, what I want you to do, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to see yourself moving your arm. I want you to see yourself lifting up that arm. I want you to see yourself doing what you couldn't do before. So I closed my eyes and I saw myself lifting my arm. The next day I got up and I preached. Was the arm doing everything it needed to do? No, it wasn't. It looked like an elephant hoof. But I knew what I saw. I was going on what I saw in the spirit. This is the arm right here. Had no cast, had no sling, had no medicine. Did it have pain? Woo, yeah, it had some pain. But I say, God, you died for that. And if you died for that, I don't supposed to have that. So that got to go. I can't do what you want me to do with that. And guess what? I hear the father said, ain't my fault. Because I gave you what you needed to handle that. I gave you what you needed before that came. But see, I had to stay away from people that would put me in fear. I had to stay away from people that would tell me, your arm is broke. You better run. I stayed here in the word and said, this is what you said. You're not a liar. Am I telling y'all to do this? Nope. Because if you're not where you need to be in the Lord, you better run. We have to. We're in a place, y'all. God is preparing us. He wants us to be so focused on him because the stuff coming upon this land, y'all hear me good. That no shot is going to help you. No medicine is going to be able to help you. Let me go back to my verse. Please hear what I'm saying. Please hear what I'm saying. That in your mind may say is, let me explain it. When we were small, we had to take vaccinations, right? One after another, because it's supposed to help us with chicken pox, this pox, that, whatever. You took all your vaccinations, right? But nobody never told you what was in them. You just took them. Some of them caused different things with different children. Nobody never told you. But when you're taking shots, you got to take stuff periodically to keep yourself free from stuff, right? Let me tell you what the words say. Let's go back. Where am I going? Proverbs 4. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. And then it says, another version said, don't ever forget my words. Let your eyes slip. Keep them always in mind. Guard them in your heart. Why is, why is he saying this? Because he know the importance of the word of God. He said, don't let them slip. Keep them before your eyes. How do I keep them before my eyes? By meditating on them. By taking the word of God every day for whatever I need that word for. I'm taking it like medicine. 
That means that if I need healing in my body, I'm taking that word daily, three, four times a day. I'm not taking it. Understand this. I'm already healed. But I'm taking it to remind myself of what I already have. Get it. I'm not taking it to get healed. I'm taking it because I know what I already have. I'm saying, body, you already healed. So here's your medication because you already healed. I got to get my body back in alignment with what I already have coming from my spirit. So don't take this to get something. You take it because you know what you already have. When I know I'm already healed, I'm telling my body, come on now, this is what you already are. Not going to be. You already the heal. You already the heal. Because the word said he sent his word and he's already healed you. The word said by Jesus Christ, you were already the heal. Body, you already the heal. Not trying to get healed. So I command you to be who you are. Heal. That's your medicine. How many get medicine from the doctor? That medicine says... Do not take it without food. You're going to make sure you eat. If that medicine say take it three times a day, you're going to take it three times a day. Let's say you don't. And you go back to the doctor and the doctor say, did you take the medication as prescribed? No doctor, I didn't. Well, how do you expect it to work? So now you got to go back and take it like it's prescribed so we'll know if this medicine will work for you. True that? Come on, y'all. Is that not true? How many take the medicine and do what the bottles say more than we do the word? How are you going to know this is going to work if you never take it? For anything. Not only for sickness, but do y'all know it's some medication in here for worry? Do y'all know it's medication in here for joy? He said, I want you, my son, to pay attention to my word and climb your ear unto my joy. <laughs> incline your ear unto my peace. Incline your ear unto what? Unto my love. Don't let it slip from your eyes. Don't let it depart from your eyes because I want it to get in the midst of your heart. You got to do those first things before the other thing come, before the life come. We want to take the word, don't know what the word is, but we want to keep repeating, 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 hoping that it work. That's not how it work. If I know I have a certain pocketbook in my closet I want to carry, the pocketbook is there waiting on me, and I keep telling my husband, I want to take that pocketbook. And I keep telling my husband, I want to take that pocketbook. And I keep telling my husband, I want to take that pocketbook. And finally, he said, I make him stumble. Well, why don't you just go in there and get it? It's in the closet. I I made him offensive. You've been saying that for a week. Just go get the pocketbook. Duh. Now I can shut up about the pocketbook. That's how it is with the word. The word has everything we need. But we don't want to take the time to go in there and know what we got. The enemy don't want us to go in the word to know what we got. Because when we get in the word and know what we got, guess what? He's got God. 
It takes the word, y'all. Once we do that, listen at what they were saying here, y'all. I love this. Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. And I know it's getting late in the evening, but I ain't even gone over half of this. But as when the Holy Spirit tell me to stop, I'm going to stop. Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, verses 18 through 20. Listen at this, the expanded Bible. Remember my words with your whole being. Put these words of mine on your heart, minds, and on your soul. Write them down, tie, bind them to your hands as a sign, tie them on your foreheads between your eyes to remind you. And then this is what he's telling them to do. He wants this word everywhere. Put them on your forehead, put them on your hand, write them down. Why? Because the word is important. I want you to remember this word. I want you to know this word. I want you to get this word in your mind. After you do this with you, then it says, teach them well to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, write them on your doorposts and gates. This word is so important that he's telling them everywhere you go, I want you to see it. I want you to keep it in mind. I want you to be focused on it. So if we're focused on the word that much, we're not going to do nothing but talk about it with our kids. Now I understand why granddaddy, every time you sat down with this man, he will talk in the word. And then you'd be like, I ain't going in there. Because every time I sit down, he's saying something about the word. But there was a reason because he wanted that word to get in us. No matter where he went, that's all he talked was what, this is what the word's saying. Grandmama talked the word. That's all we heard was the word. Daddy even talked the word. Everybody was just talking the word. But the thing is, when you talk it, you got to live it. So this is what the word is telling us. How many times have God come in this house? Saying the same thing. You got to have the word. Come on, people will leave you. Children will leave you. Your dog and cat, they want to leave, but they know they'll be hungry. They tried to leave, but they had to come back. That's just like a man and woman don't know what they got to go out there and sleep with somebody else, live with somebody else, and had the best thing they had at home. Now they want to come home because that woman don't want their lazy behind. You better know what you got. That was a nugget for somebody. So we have to listen. We have to pay attention. We have to keep it in mind by meditating on it. We have to get it in our heart. When we do that, that's when it becomes life to those that find it. And it becomes health to all our flesh. Whatever the flesh you need, whatever word that you're meditating on, it's going to become medicine. Are you taking your medicine? Are you really taking it? Because if you're really taking it, people will know you're taking it. People will know that you're living a life for Christ. If you're in the word, you wouldn't be mad all the time. Wouldn't be angry all the time. You wouldn't be so offensive. You wouldn't be running off at the mouth all the time. You would learn to stay home and keep your own house clean and stay out of everybody else's business. When the word is in you, you're minding your own business. You're cleaning your own house. Don't come to my house and clean mine and yours look like a shack. Don't come cook my food. 
woman food and your children food and trying to come to my house. No, you ain't. I remember this husband saw me. He said, I need to talk to you. I said, oh, Lord. He said, I need to talk to you about my wife. She go to your church. I said, huh? I, I, prepared, I prepared myself, y'all. I was just prepared. He said, thank you. I said, for what? He said, because I heard your teaching. You told your congregation, don't bring you no food if they ain't cooking none at home. He said, I'm going to tell you something. My wife ain't cooking me done at home. She ain't doing what she's supposed to do at home now. It ain't your fault. It's hers because you told your congregation. I heard it. Don't bring you nothing to make you fat and your husband is starving. Did y'all hear that teaching? We're going to do what the word says. We're going to live according to the word. We ain't trying, y'all, to get accolades. We're trying to live. Nobody should. I'm going to tell y'all something. If you're in the word, that sounds like Jade, I'm going to tell you something. If you're in the word, <laughs> the way you need to be in the word, people don't have to tell you something. Is somebody telling you something all the time? It's because you quoting something and it ain't the word. Because if it was, you'd be living a hallelujah. I'm going to be like me saying that felt my quickening. <laughs> Rest our soul. Y'all, this is the truth. If I'm teaching y'all and I'm living a certain way at home, I know my husband would be back there saying, liar, 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 liar. You're telling them people to cook for their husband and you ain't cook for me and I don't know how long, but you eat. <laughs> I cook, but we go out and eat because I don't have to cook because I don't have no churn in the house. <laughs> now it's my time. You've been faithful. <laughs> You've done all you can do. Now it's your time to eat out. <laughs> Amen, Jeremy. Now he want to follow me out. Come on, when you're living a good life for Christ, you're going to have some followers. Even your son that didn't want to have nothing to do with you a long time ago. Now he just talking. Y'all, I love it. Holding conversation. It's just a wonderful thing. When he had his little daughter, I couldn't get rid of him. Everywhere me and my husband went, can me and Jayana ride with y'all? Boy, you ain't been wanting to ride with me. But I enjoyed it because I had my son, I had my granddaughter, and we were having such nice conversations. Then couldn't get rid of Quishime. We had her too. But God was doing something, y'all. We got to know what God is doing because the life you live eventually, it's going to just roll on over. Stay in focus on Jesus. He wants us to stay focused on him, y'all. So let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up. It's so good to wrap it up. I have two scriptures to wrap it up with. And I know if I wrap it up, Holy Spirit, with these two scriptures, they're going to still be sitting here. So I'm going to let him lead me. I'm just going to open my mouth and let him do it. Go with me to Numbers 21. We're still talking about staying focused on Jesus, right? Staying focused on Jesus and staying focused on his word. This is dealing with the Israelites. 
and they were go they were the Israelites uh, 21 verse 4 through 9 the Israelites left Mount Har and went on the road towards the Red Sea in order to go around the country of Edom now listen at this but the people began became impatient on the way and grumbled at spoke against God and Moses now one thing that will cause us to not stay focused on Jesus is grumbling complaining and criticizing the enemy want us to grumble. He want us to complain. He want us to criticize. What causes us to complain? Being impatient. Being anxious. Being worried. Being sick. Come on. All of these things cause us to complain. Does it not? So they begin to get impatient. And they begin to grumble and complain. So we need to check ourselves. When we see ourselves getting impatient. Because maybe the children, the job, whatever it may be, we need to make sure we stay focused on what God said. See, God has given us nuggets today. They begin to grumble and complain. Guess what they said? The same old mess. They said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in this desert wilderness? There's no bread, no water. We hate this terrible food. Now, God was given the mantle from heaven. God has given you a word. The enemy want to take that word, but he wants you to think that word is worthless. He wants you to think that that word is doing you no good. So you've been standing on a promise for so long and seem like it's getting worse instead of better. So all of a sudden you begin to grumble. You begin to complain. I done been here too long. I'm going through too long. I've been speaking the word. Nothing. What do you call that? Grumbling and complaining. You're grumbling and complaining against God. I've been hurting too long. I should not have no pain by now. Why am I still have pain? I'm quoting by his scribes. I am the healed of the Lord. I'm tired of going through this. I need some help. I'm tired of this man. He don't help me. Don't mow no yard. Don't do nothing. Won't even wash his behind. I'm tired of this man. Won't pay no bills. He make them, but he don't want to pay them. I'm tired of this man. That's why I'm working two jobs and he doing nothing. But I've been standing on the Lord is my shepherd. What you call that? So this is what happens. So when the enemy have us doing this, where's our focus? It ain't on the word darkness we over here we're not over here so complaining and murmuring will take your focus off of what God said and the more you complain and murmur it washes out come on you planted the seed which is the word but the seed haven't taken a deep root so the more you grumble and complain you uprooting what you done planted so how do you expect the word to grow how do you expect the word to stay in your heart? And then another thing is, now listen at this, y'all. Guess what mumbling and complaining do? It opened up a door to darkness. How do I know? So the Lord sent poisonous, burning snakes that bit the people and many of the Israelites died. God does, he's not about death, but God let them know what things will bring when they go outside of him. There's evil and there's good. 
When you complain and mumble, you're in evil. You're not in good. We're supposed to taste and see how good God is. They weren't tasting God. They were tasting evil. So them snakes came and them snakes bit them, right? Now, how do we get rid of this stuff? You got to recognize what you're doing and quit saying, I ain't grumbling, I ain't complaining. I'm just telling the truth. I'm just telling it like it is. No, you're not. You're grumbling and complaining. If you're telling it like it is, you will be speaking the word instead of grumbling and complaining. So guess what they did? After the people start to die, why is it when death come, now we're ready to say, oh, Lord. I'm too young to die with this COVID. Lord, I'm too young. I ain't lived my life like I want to. I don't want to give up this. When death came, the people came to Moses then. People don't come to you until they get in a situation. They'll leave the church and act like they don't know you until they get in a situation. Now they remember your number. Thank God for the Moseses. The people came to Moses and said, we sin, duh. When we grumble, duh. At, spoke against you, duh. And the Lord, duh, duh, duh. Pray. Now they want some prayer. Pray that the Lord will take away these snakes. So Moses, the most humblest person in all the world, Pray for the people. After they talked about it. After they ridiculed it. Moses still had the heart of God. So listen at this. The Lord said to Moses. He heard Moses. Make a bronze snake and put it on a pole. When anyone who's bitten looks at it. That person will live. Do y'all get where I'm going? You got to repent. You got to forgive. The stuff that's blocking you from getting what God already provided. See, the first thing they had to do after they complained and they saw death, they began to repent. They began to go to Moses and say, we repent. We repent because we don't want an inroad out there for the devil, a door. God has already forgiven us for our sins. That's already a done deal. But when we know what's right and we choose not to do what's right is sin. So what we want to do to close the door to the mummering and complaining, we want to say, Father, you say do all things without mummering and complaining. Father, I have been complaining, so forgive me for complaining the way that I have. Boom, the door shut. Now, guess what? By focusing back on that promise. He said, when anyone who's bitten, whatever has bitten you, whatever has gotten a hold of you, those people were bitten by snakes. You may be bitten by gossip. You may be bitten by sickness. You may be bitten, whatever it is that you're bitten by. He said, I want you to focus on what I say. He said, anyone who focuses on me shall live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when when a snake bit anyone, that person looked at the bronze snake and lived. The word brings life. That snake on that pole represented Jesus taking the curse. 
away. We're no longer up under a curse. Jesus took the curse for us. That represented every sickness, every disease, everything. He took it to the cross for us. So whatever is on you, don't have to stay on you. Some things we bring on ourselves because we go outside the word and we run our mouths too much. They talked against Moses. And when they talked against Moses, they were talking against God because God sent Moses. So if you're talking against me or if you're talking about against anyone that God is sending, you're talking against God. And that's why everything is coming in your house. Because you got a door open. This is why things are falling through. Some things you will not understand because God didn't give it to you. Focus. Stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on the word and you shall live the abundant life, the Zoe life. And people will hate you because they see you living through the storm. They heard about your storm, but they still see you living. You're not dead. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, stay focused on Jesus. Neighbor, stay focused on Jesus. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. God is a good, good father. Oh, yes, he is. Y'all, let me tell you how good. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.